The Ask Anatomist podcast is co-sponsored by the Faculty of Medicine, Nursing, and Health Sciences at Monash University and by the American Association for Anatomy. Ask Anatomist presents A Bone to Pick. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Lazarus, an associate professor in the Center for Human Anatomy Education in the Faculty of Medicine, Nursing, and Health Sciences at Monash University. On this episode, we will interview Emily Gilbert on the topic of neuroregeneration. Hi, my name is Emily Gilbert. I am a postdoctoral research fellow at the University of Toronto, and my background is in both development of the nervous system as well as regeneration of the nervous system. And I'm mostly interested in the spinal cord, but I also do work in the brain as well. When we're talking about the nervous system, we're focused on things that control essentially all our movements and thought processes. Absolutely. So the nervous system is responsible for everything from how we think about things, how we remember things, how we move, how we fix movements when we trip or do something silly. That's all controlled by the central nervous system. So it's a really critical component of everyday life. Could you expand a little bit on your field and let us know why it matters? My field looks at improving regeneration or repair within the brain and the spinal cord, so the two main structures of the nervous system. We know that these structures are really essential for pretty much everything that we do, but mammals can't regenerate or repair these structures after injury. So humans can't repair their brain or their spinal cord and reestablish function of those structures after really severe injuries. Unlike if somebody breaks their arm or tears a muscle because they're working out too hard, in those cases, you can repair and heal that area. But what you're saying is the topic that you're studying, nothing can be repaired. Exactly. So in mammals, there's very limited recovery. There can be some minimal recovery, but not near enough to establish recovery after a major injury. So what I'm really passionate about and interested in is that while mammals can't regenerate their brain and spinal cord, we know that there are other animals such as fish, amphibians, and lizards that can regenerate these structures. And so I'm interested in taking that and using it as a way to say, these guys are really good at it. They're the experts. What things do they absolutely have and what things don't we have? And do a bit of a comparison and contrast to understand how we can improve regeneration in mammals. Could you explain a little bit more about why other species may be helpful for us learning about regeneration of our nervous system in the human? One of the really important things is that the cells that exist within species that can regenerate throughout the brain and the spinal cord also exist within mammalian species. So after a spinal cord injury, the exact same cells that are activated in a species that regenerates are activated in a species that can't, but what they do is the only thing that differs. So the idea would be if you could mimic those factors that allow regeneration of these key components that control our body and thought, we could mimic that in the human. Exactly. And there's really two main things we're interested in related to that. One of them is the cells that are there. So the things that actually make up the structures. And then the other is the environment that those cells live in and how those two things would differ between different species. What are your biggest questions in the field? Why are you researching this area? There's 
a million big questions. Work that I'm doing now looks at increasing the number of cells and changing the environment using a drug that's already FDA approved known as metformin. So it's a type 2 diabetes medication. We know that it is successful in treating diabetes, but now work in our lab and others is showing that it actually can enhance the number of stem cells present after injury in both the brain and my work looks in the spinal cord and also can change the environment to actually promote recovery in some of these structures in a wide range of injuries. And if you want more information on stem cells, we encourage you to go to the recent podcast on leukemia. What other questions? You said there were a million potentially. The biggest number one question is why can some species regenerate and others can't? But under that, I would say, do more stem cells equal more regeneration? What type of cells should we be driving these cells to become on a functional level? So support cells or cells that are actually transmitting the signals. Are the cells alone enough? Do we have to change the environment? Can we do this within a mammalian model? And then there's an additional layer on top of that, which is that we know that stem cells can behave differently across males and females. And we also know that there are potential changes over the lifespan of an individual. There are a multitude of huge, huge questions here. So when we are talking about injury to the spinal cord or damage that you're trying to recover from, it's not a simple one-off question. It's not, if I do this, it will become this. There are many steps required for that, it sounds like. Absolutely. And I think that it's really tempting because it's such an important field to say, I'm going to just jump in and start testing things in mammals because that's what we want to regenerate. But my approach is a bit more mechanistic and simplistic, saying, let's understand more about the basic biology behind regeneration and then use that to inform the research we do in mammals so that it's a bit more targeted. So I think you touched upon a little bit of your research looking at metformin and how it can potentially help in regeneration of the nervous system. How else does your research help address these huge questions in the field? The research that I'm doing now looks at trying to increase the number of stem cells and then trying to change their differentiation towards different cell types that are more supportive of regeneration. And we actually have evidence that treating with this drug metformin can improve functional recovery in the spinal cord following injury. So right now, my research is really focused on activating stem cells in the spinal cord and doing this in a non-invasive approach. So we're not injecting cells into the spinal cord. We're activating cells that already exist within the structure. So we were talking about in leukemia, we use the analogy that a stem cell is sort of like a newborn and it can go into any direction as it becomes an adult. One of the areas you're trying to address is basically how do we make that newborn become more like nervous system and less like heart tissue or... Yeah, and then even more specific, so when we look at neural stem cells, so a stem cell that can become the three main cell types in the spinal cord or in the brain, how can we tell that cell we want to make more of these cells, less of these cells? And what I'm really fascinated by is that when we look at a species like a zebrafish or a lizard who can regenerate a spinal cord, one, these cells already know what to become, and two, they're not even repairing a small injury. They're literally building an entirely new structure in some cases. If you were talking to somebody who didn't know a lot about the nervous system or the field, what would you want them to know about your field and your research? So I think I would want them to know that these structures 
are capable of repair in some species. I think that's a really critical thing that people don't know. So it just seems so space age to say we're going to regenerate a spinal cord. We're going to regenerate a brain. Do I think building whole structures is a very, 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 very long, long way in the future? I do. But I think mechanistically, what I want people to know is that although we know regeneration can happen, we actually know far less about it than you would expect, considering the power in that. So it's not like we're trying to create something that's brand new and a concept that's never existed before. It does exist. Exactly. It just doesn't exist in humans. My principle would be let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's take what they do and try to do that. And that doesn't just have to be within the spinal cord or within the brain. So it's also really relevant throughout the body. So some of these species, most of these species, if they get a wound on their skin, heal scar-free. So something like reducing scars after a burn, after a massive, massive trauma for a human would be a really incredible accomplishment within the medical world. So some of what you're studying can actually impact beyond just the nervous system. Absolutely. Thank you. Don't forget to head over to our website, askanatomist.com, for more episodes and links to resources. And follow us on Twitter. So if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, don't hesitate to ask anatomist and use the hashtag anatq.